Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert. And I'm Devin Saylor. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, this week it's Eco News. Yeah. And uh, I always look forward to Eco News episode. So that means, um, you know, throughout the whole month and kind of looking for those articles that stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you found some pretty cool ones. Yeah. Um, so why don't we get started with... The first one you found. Okay. So this one's kind of cool, kind of pertains to our area. Um, Turning coal mine drainage into a source of rare minerals. So the study that they did is they're trying to find a way to be able to extract the metals and be able to use them for like modern technology, different things like cell phones, screens, batteries, all that kind of stuff. So just a way to kind of clean up the environment a little bit with compared to what they're doing now with the acid mine drainage since it is a fairly big issue in the area. Anyway. Yeah, like down in the valley, yep. you know, Lackawanna, Luzerne counties, yep. um, Schuylkill, I think. They're all mm-hmm. dealing with some issues like that. Yeah. Um, so this study it was shown to successfully clean coal mine drainage while producing the rare earth metals um, in samples from various rivers across Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. So they might have taken samples right down the road from us. Sure. So from an environmental standpoint, it actually has a major benefit because it traps and neutralizes the pollution instead of just kind of putting chemicals in to try and take the pollution out. So they're actually like filtering it, catching the rare metals, and collecting it, and then it cleans the water a lot more thoroughly, they found. So. That's good. I don't know if you've ever looked on Google Maps or Google Earth, like yeah. Lackawanna River, mm-hmm. especially down towards... Um, I think we're at outlets into the Susquehanna. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, you can Mm -hmm. definitely see it. That orange water just kind of leaching out into the Susquehanna. Yeah, so hopefully this will be a possible solution to try and clean it up a little bit better and actually have a better environmental impact long term for it too. Did they say what type of metals they're Um, able to harvest? Uh, Yes, so they said uh, terbium neodymium and European. Probably mispronounced all of those. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I mean, I guess they're rare earth minerals for a reason. You don't yeah. really say them too often. <laughs> I don't even know where they'd be used. but Yeah, like um, I, from what they're saying here, they play critical roles in phone displays, batteries, microphones, and speakers. So yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Everybody's got their smartphone. Yep, so. absolutely. All right. Yeah. Uh, The first one that I found is, um, I'll just read you the heading. So scientists use miracle materials to convert plastic and greenhouse gases into sustainable fuels. So the shorter version is um, what they're doing is scientists have invented a system that really can convert plastic waste and greenhouse gases into what they call sustainable fuels. Okay. Um, So, you know, we... We generate so much plastic waste. We've oh, talked yeah. about it a bunch of times. Everything's kind of, it's a throwaway society. Mm-hmm. Um, so what to do with those plastics? You know, a lot of them end up out in the ocean, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, um, a lot of them aren't even recyclable. Yeah. So um, they've set out, you know, there's a lot of people looking into this problem. And uh, these particular scientists, they found a conversion process. They're using solar power. Strictly okay. solar power. So that's great. And um, it, yeah, it transforms carbon dioxide 
and plastic into products that can be used actually in a wide range of industries. So okay. they use a material called Perviscite. Okay. Never heard of it. No. But um, they call it a magic or miracle material. So they're actually converting um, the CO2 into syngas. I've never heard of that one, but um, it's carbon monoxide and hydrogen. Okay. Um, so two fuels that are, they call them cleaner fuels. Um, they've been able to make formate, which is a blowing agent for foams, uh, and also glycolic acid, um, which is used in a variety of different industries. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm always looking for stories that kind of highlight, you know, some problem solving. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one definitely, it makes use of solar power. Yep. And it's trying to convert that plastic waste into something else, or actually two two different things. Yeah, in this that's case. pretty cool. So, uh, good news, and I hope people you know keep trying things. In the meantime, I hope that industries in general develop ways to um, reduce plastic mm -hmm. to begin with. I mean, that's that's the best case scenario. I think yeah. is just reducing plastic packaging. Everything comes packaged in plastic anymore even your eco-friendly products i see yeah. they always come wrapped in plastic yeah then it becomes our responsibility so mm -hmm. um if the industries are doing their part then we the consumers you know don't have to find means to recycle those weird mm -hmm. materials yeah. that nobody wants to take so mm -hmm. and uh what'd you find for your <laughs> second one so I found a study that's been going on. Um, they're focusing on tire traction. So they're actually looking into polar bear paws to try and improve tire traction on slicker road surfaces. Okay. Yeah, yeah that makes sense because polar bears get around on yeah. ice. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they noticed. Like they saw they were looking to find ways to improve traction for like the more frozen climates. Like up here in the winter, it'd be great to have better traction um so they started thinking of different animals naturally that have seem to have pretty good natural traction on the snow and they came across polar bears so they saw that like how polar bears walk and even run across the ice so effortlessly and gracefully without falling they're like hmm wonder how they do that so they started looking into um their paws they took they went out to like museums taxidermists ways that they could look at the polar bears without necessarily like invading natural habitat with them and they took 3d printouts by scanning with an electron microscope of the paws and they were able to look at them and see that they have little papillae i believe is how you pronounce it on their paws um, a lot of bears have this but polar bears are actually a lot taller about one and a half times taller than other bear species so that really helps them have a lot better traction compared to like the shorter papillae on the paws. Um, it actually increases their friction by 30 to 50 percent on like the slippery surfaces. From the wheels that slip to the wheels that grip. Yeah. <laughs> so they're looking at this to help implement it into like your snow tires with maybe like some deeper traction or how they're going to go about like improving snow tires and then also looking into it for the individuals who do high altitude climbing since they're going to be slipping and need that extra traction as well so how to impl implement it onto our shoes as well they did say they are also going to be looking into other animals such as like dogs wolves 
foxes and even mountain goats just to kind of see how their feet compare for traction purposes. Yeah, mountain goats are a good one. Yeah. I don't know. If you see YouTube videos. I know, it's crazy. Mountain goats just, they go everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, maybe um, the scientists in the story that I found can use some of their materials, some of the products that they're creating in okay. the story that you found. Yeah. Traction. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So what else did you find this week? I'm always interested in uh, fungi, mushrooms, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, scientists, they're looking into decoding the language of fungi. And um, they think that by tapping into this language, you can understand several different uh, processes in, in the environment. So okay. question is, do mushrooms talk to each other? Do they? And that's that's what they're trying to find out. They definitely communicate with each other in some form, I'm sure. They do. Um, yeah. So the mycelium mm-hmm. underground, um, not the fruiting body on top mm-hmm. that we see, uh, but the mycelial structures underground are attached to roots. Okay. Um, help them take up more water, mm-hmm. uh, but they're also sending signals. And um, they're warning, you know, different plants in the environment of pathogens mm-hmm. and viruses, anything that attacks the, that vegetation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the scientists already know this, but they want to know what that language is because they think that um, by tapping into that language, where there's electrical impulses, mm-hmm. um, we're able to understand more about you know the virus or the pest that they're okay. talking about so far they haven't tapped into the uh, actual language yet okay um they're looking at electrical impulses like i said mm-hmm. i'll mention youtube again there's people that have done studies on or have made music oh, wow. from the electrical impulses of some of the mycelium out there the, the fungus they looked especially at four different species uh, ghost, Noki, Splitgill, and Caterpillar. And each of those have provided different signals. Okay. So this is kind of a process. They're kind of building on it. And other scientists are starting to explore the same topic. So we'll see where it goes, but it's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Definitely interesting topic. Yeah. And well, you mentioned like the different species kind of being a little different. It's almost like how we have different languages in a way. I would imagine, yeah. Okay. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. So maybe we'll have an update for you down yeah. the road, you know, um, so you find out more. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's that point in the show <laughs> where you have a joke ready for us or something. I absolutely do. All right. All right. So it kind of plays off of my last story that I did. So what do you call a polar bear in Florida? Hmm. Not sure. A solar bear. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. I never saw one of those yet, but (laughs) (laughs) we'll end it there. Uh, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have any questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and you can find the Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or you can make comments about the show. You've been listening to Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Devin Saylor. And I'm Don Hibbert saying enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>